Hey friends, just a quick note before we hop into today's episode of the podcast. Majority of you guys listening right now have not given us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and it takes legitimately between five and 10 seconds to hit the follow button, hit the five-star review button. So I'd greatly appreciate you guys doing so if you have not done so already. And then something all of you guys can do right now is share today's episode with a friend, a family member, a teammate, someone who you think would find value and benefit from it. I would greatly appreciate you guys doing that, sharing the podcast, sharing today's episode with someone, because through that, we can expand the show and reach new people and hopefully through that, inspire them in the process. Without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Michaela Wood, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. First question for you. I probably asked Adam something very similar, but I'm so fascinated by how you guys do this. And I was talking to you before hitting the record button that I have a very wood lifestyle-esque day today with back-to-back-to-back things. Take me through a day in your life. Yeah, um, honestly, usually it starts out pretty early. Like this morning, I went and ran like six miles and then I usually have to head home and quickly, you know, shower, change, get ready for work. And then I head to work. I work there for about, you know, seven, eight hours. And then I come home and, you know, go on another run, usually a double or, you know, just relax, have dinner and hang out. But yeah, the days are pretty busy. Um, you, Yeah, you probably are used to that for sure. But I'm so curious to hear from your experience and wisdom after going through this routine for many, many months now. How do you like... I don't know. How do you stay peaceful amidst the stress to go from one activity to the next? Because I feel like for me, when I have multiple activities that are back to back to back, that's when I just get super stressed. So for you, how do you maintain peace amidst the crazy schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely have to adjust to it. Um, Definitely like coming from, you know, being a collegiate athlete, it's definitely different from, you know, working and running as well. So it's definitely taken me a little bit to kind of you know, get used to it. But I would say like staying present and just taking one task at a time usually helps me. And, you know, there will be days where I'm like pretty stressed or, you know, overwhelmed. But I think I, you know, have to have that perspective like, okay, like, I can do anything. I just have to focus on this one thing and get that done. And then I can move on to the next. So you told me that today you're traveling to California for CIM for Adam's race and chase of the OTQ. Um, probably more stressful for Adam, but for you, is it nice to have those trips to maybe take a little step back from your crazy life and um, yeah, have a more relaxed schedule? Yeah, I honestly love traveling when I'm not racing. I think it's so fun. Um, yeah, just seeing him like be so excited about it. And I think I get really nervous about it more than he does, honestly, but I think it's awesome just being, you know, with him and yeah, getting excited with him. So speaking on the nerves part. Yeah. So you get more nervous. Like what, what do you think the emotions will be as the race is going on? You can't talk to him anymore besides maybe cheering when he passes you once or twice. What's that process like for you when he's racing? Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think I feel like watching him it's just out of my control so i feel like you know when you're the athlete you you know what's going on and you have control over it and so i think just watching him race like i trust him and i know that he's gonna do what's right but just watching him i have no control over you know what moves he's gonna make or what he's thinking and i just i'm always like i want him to be out of his head and just focus on racing and have fun doing it so yeah i just i love watching him race um i think it's awesome and yeah 
Is the marathon harder because it's like two hours, 20 minutes and things can unravel very quickly versus maybe like a 10K is only 30 minutes or 5K, 15 minutes or less. And it's like, it's kind of, it happens very quickly. Whereas a marathon, it's like, well, you probably will come through half on pace, but it's like things could unravel quickly or maybe not. And it's just such a long race to battle your emotions. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, I think last year when he ran at CIM, um, he was like on pace. It was perfect. And I was really excited. But I was watching it from my house. So I had no idea what he was doing, uh, how he was looking. So in a marathon, you know, you can feel really good through 20 miles, but then, you know, it can start to to hurt later on. So that definitely is a thing. <laughs> Has his journey through marathons inspired you to potentially get after a marathon soon? Are you still focused on the track? Yeah, we talk about this all the time. He thinks I'm definitely a marathoner. He really wants me to do it. Um, but I watch his workouts and oh, man, they're so hard. And he runs a lot of miles, but it does inspire me. And I think, you know, eventually down the road, that is definitely something I'd want to do. Um, but yeah, for right now, I just I'm going to stay to the track just because it's easier adjustment from college. That's what I've been doing. And I still, you know, feel like I have like untapped potential there. So yeah, but I definitely, you know, marathon in a few years probably will happen. <laughs> for you, what's the, what's next on the schedule? Is there a race you have circled in that you're preparing for intently right now? Yeah. So right now I'm looking at doing indoor. Um, I want to do Boston is you, the next race. I'm thinking of doing a 5k there. So yeah, just using these next couple of months to train hard for that. And, you know, I just got back from an injury, just kind of working my way back up. Um, I've just been really excited to just kind of train through these next couple of months and get ready for um, Boston. So yeah, it's been it's been a good time to just have this, these months to, you know, really enjoy the process, get better each day and work on my goals for for this indoor season. Let's talk about coming back from an injury. I think it's something that so many runners go through, but very few talk about. Uh, I feel like runners just hate injury. And when it's behind them, they're like, nope, not talking about it anymore. For you, take me through that journey and progression. And also, if you could give some wisdom to a listener who's listening right now, come back through an injury and maybe through that phase where everything just sucks and feels horrible. And you're like, am I ever going to reach that same level of fitness again? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely, I'd say it's definitely tough being injured. And I think um, it's definitely normal to, you know, be sad or upset uh, about your injury and your circumstance and, you know, watching your teammates or whoever, you know, you know, run their goals and be excited to race, but you're not able to do that it can definitely be hard. But I would say my biggest piece of advice is just, you know, be patient. It's hard, but I think patience is important. And, you know, you will be back someday. And that's always what I got to remember is those opportunities will always be there in the future. So celebrating every day, like what you're able to accomplish that day, and using that progress and momentum forward is it's definitely important. Yeah, but being injured is hard for sure. So it, this is my first, I guess, injury um, since like high school. So it's definitely been like hard to you know go through it again but I think it's important and honestly it brings back like a lot of like perspective like I feel like I uh I have more gratitude for the sport because when it's taken away from you you like you know can take you sometimes take advantage of it in the moment but now I feel like I wake up with a lot of gratitude and excited to oh totally to run yeah yeah for me I've unfortunately had my uh, fair share of injuries over the past two years and um 
I always think when I'm injured, I'm like, I would do anything just to go for like a three mile run again. But when I'm actually like training and training well, I'm like, man, this three mile run, I don't want to go on. So I think when you are injured, it does, uh, it does bring back a lot of perspective and potentially joy and love for the sport. Yeah, for sure. We talked about patience. You talked about patience. What are some other attributes that you think are critical to be successful in the sport of running? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think being consistent is another big thing. Um, Going along with patience, I think that, you know, you, a lot of people are looking for, you know, that secret, secret thing or secret sauce to get them better. And I think the best thing to get to where you want to be is just, you know, doing it every day and slowly working on it and being consistent and showing up every day. And that I feel like has made my running career um, be better overall. You ran at Utah State, as we'll get into. Adam ran at BYU. Do you guys ever have conversations about the differences in coaching style, training style, even things that are talked about? And have you learned anything specifically from Adam's background and training? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think at BYU, like he, his workouts were crazy. He would always tell me about them. Um, they were really getting after it. And at Utah State, it was kind of a little bit of a different approach. I think like my coach was great at just being like, okay, just show up and do, do what you need to do. You don't need to, you know, go crazy. And I think he really helped me just kind of you know, gain momentum and consistency throughout my years there and just develop me as an athlete. And so I now that he now now that my husband, Adam coaches me, it's he uses like a good combo, which I love, like, he definitely doesn't kill me in workouts. But he also does give me those like, you know, hard workouts like BYU and his training. Um, So yeah, it's been fun to kind of do a mix. With Adam coaching you, uh, I talked to I've talked to a few athletes over the years who have had a parent coach them. I've never had a conversation with someone where a spouse coaches them. So I'll ask you a similar question that I ask the kids who have parents coach them: Is it hard to like turn off the switch of like coach versus husband, and how do you kind of deal with that balance? Yeah, I think um, it's honestly weird because I feel like I do kind of have that switch, but at the same time, I don't. It's like a good mix, like. I'll go like yesterday we did a track workout and I definitely see him like as my coach um, at the track. He's, you know, helping me. He's taking splits. He's cheering me on. He's giving me advice. But I also am talking to him. It's just a closer relationship because I'm also talking to him like as my husband. So I don't know. It's like blurred lines for sure. But I think he does a great job at, you know, knowing what makes me tick and knowing what I need to hear. So it works out and I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. It's like the best setup. So for you guys, when you get back home, how much of what you guys talk about is very running focused of like, here was how the workout went or here's what next workout is, or like, here's something in the running world going on versus just completely ordinary people subjects where it's like, Nope, no more running. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. I think when we first started dating, um, we were just, you know, we're both super big nerds about running. We love running, especially me. I love it. And so, yeah, we definitely would talk about it a lot. And we only saw each other like once a week. So I think there came a point where I was like, okay, we need to stop talking about running. Let's go, you know, hang out. Let's do something. Let's not just talk about normal stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about all kinds of things. And honestly, running is just fun to talk about. Like, it's fun to have someone that, you know, knows all the ins and outs of running and can nerd about it with you. So I love it. 
Mika, if you weren't in the sport of running, what sport would you do? What would you be best at if it wasn't running? <laughs> oh man, that's hard. Um, Ooh, well, okay. So I played volleyball a little bit before I started running. Um, so that would always, I don't know. I liked that sport a lot. Um, I was really short though. So I, you know, I'm not really athletic, um, <laughs> but I did like volleyball. So I'd probably say that. Let's go back in time to young Mika and potentially around the time she was playing volleyball. Take me through your start in the sport of running and your first impression of it. Uh, yeah. So I, like I said, I did volleyball for like a long time. Um, I wasn't the best at it, um, but I was having fun and that's all that mattered to me with sport. Um, but actually growing up, I saw, you know, I'm just the, I'm the younger sister. So I have an older sister and, you know, I kind of look up to her and look at everything she's doing and, you know, just gets me, I don't know. I was just always inspired by her and she tried out all the sports, but in high school, she actually started running and she had like a fun friend group. She'd go to practice and I don't know, it just looked a lot of fun. So I, you know, decided to one day in uh, the summer, go to cross country practice with her in the morning and yeah, just, you know, got my butt kicked, but it was fun to just be around her and her friends and just kind of see what like the high school life was like. And I think that got me excited to try it out on my own. And yeah, that's how I got started with the sport. And then from there, you know, I ran in middle school and high school and just started, you know, I went through highs and lows, but overall, I've always thought it's been a fun sport to do. And just I love the social side of it, too. I think that's what also helped me get started. So yeah. After that first experience with your sister that you took us through, what was the point where you started to get more serious and started to be like, hey, you know, I want to see how far I can go within the sport? Yeah, um, I think it naturally just kind of progressed. But I would say there was a time where I think like my sophomore year of high school, I got done with cross country and I hadn't had the season I wanted to have. And honestly, I was struggling a little bit, but I realized I was like, taking the sport like too seriously and I needed to you know just have some fun and get after it in that way and not think about it too much and just kind of let myself run because I I can definitely be an anxious person and overthinker so I think just you know showing up and doing it and having fun with my teammates really helped and I think yeah that winter I was training for footlocker regionals and I just had like a fire lit under me for some reason. I was just really excited to like get after it and like see what I could do. And yeah, my coaches saw that and they're like, wow, Mika's like a different runner right now. I don't know what's happening, but that's how I guess um, I ran my best. Um, got just got me fired up. I've always found that that really helps when I have like a goal in mind. I, you know, will do anything to get it. And yeah, but why well, I also was having fun with it too, which helped. Can you elaborate more on earlier on in your response, you talked about um, taking the sport maybe a little too seriously and how that was a detriment to performance. Take me through that and why you think it's important to stay a little more balanced and not too obsessive about it. Yeah, I think naturally a lot of runners um, were just so like driven and passionate about the sport. And I think that if you're one of those athletes, especially like I was definitely one of those athletes, um, I think it's important to just you know, remind yourself that this is something you get to do and it's, you know, opportunities and it's fun and like you want to stay loose because um, I feel like that's when you really can just let go and be free and run your best. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely found myself like whenever I, you know, smile at the line or, you know, smile during a workout or, you know, crack a joke with teammates. I find that that's 
how I stay loose. And, you know, I'm still locked in in the race. I still have goals, but I don't have to, you know, put too much pressure on myself. Looking back on your four high school years, what is the most memorable moment or race or something you think back to the most? Ooh, um, it's a good question. I would say, honestly, just being with my teammates through high school, I feel like they helped me get through a lot of things. And, you know, I couldn't do it without them and my coaches, honestly, all the support around me. I feel like I'm one of those people that if I feel supported and happy and like, you know, in running or my life, I run my best that way. So I would say, yeah, just like team dinners or, you know, team trips was always really fun. And um, yeah, it just got me excited and just has made me fall in love with the sport. You ended up going to Utah State. Take me through that decision and what made the school stand out from all the other schools you looked at. Yeah, so in high school, I wasn't necessarily the best. Um, I, you know, didn't get to go to, you know, those big races like NXN or, you know, Full Locker. I, I did go to regionals, but like, you know, those big races that high schoolers go to, I just was good in the state. And I think that... Um, I got recruited locally by a couple of schools and Utah State just really stood out for me when I went on my visit. They were seemed like there was a lot of team love, team camaraderie, and they were really excited about like building the program. And I got excited about, you know, being part of that and like helping, you know, build this program up. And I loved that I could be like a big piece of it. At least I, you know, could help contribute to it. So that's mostly why I chose Utah State. I know the transition for a lot of kids is hard from high school to then college where it's a more serious uh, situation. Although based on your response about training with Adam, it seems like your coach handled it well. So I'm curious to hear how was the transition for you? Was it difficult? And also not just from the running perspective, but also having, you know, the demands of college with the aspect of division one running. Um, Yeah, I think going from, yeah, high school to college was definitely difficult. Um, yeah, my coach was great at helping me kind of work through that, but I will say for me, it was easy to compare myself and, you know, see other teammates or other people from other schools do really good and just be like, oh, why am I not there yet? Right. So I think, yeah, I learned a lot of patience and kind of balancing, yeah, running and school and it can be a lot. And I think my best advice for like, you know, someone going through that is, just, you know, being present, taking it all in, you know, it's going to be rough for a little bit. But I think, you know, eventually you'll get the hang of it. And you'll, you'll start to really, you know, see yourself thrive. When you were talking earlier about injuries, you said that was like your first ever really serious injury. So you stayed healthy all four years in college, which is remarkable. I like never hear about that. So what do you think were the biggest factors that helped you to stay healthy and consistent? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, again, my coach, he and like the whole program, they really emphasize like, you know, doing what you need to do, just not going um, above and beyond to overwork yourself. And I think that really helped me stay injury free. And I, you know, made sure I got good sleep and ate and did all the things that I needed to do. But yeah, I would say really just I, I'm stubborn. So like, I'll always be like, Oh, I want more. I need this. But I had people around me to tell me like, No, Mika, you're doing great. And really be proud of your consistency and that you're not injured. And, you know, if, if you did do these extra reps, who knows, you might, 
you know, overwork yourself and eventually go down the injury cycle. So I think, yeah, just having people there to, to tell me like, Hey, you're doing great. So, yeah. I know some of the things you did before you left Utah state. I'm not as familiar with the earlier on years and I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't as well. So can you take me through kind of your progression through the years at Utah state? Yeah. Um, I think at Utah state, I started, um, college just excited to see what I could do um I think as a program like the biggest thing in cross country was just helping contribute to you know making it to nationals that was our big goal as a team and so that was my whole grind for the first like two or three years was really just okay how can I be a good teammate and how can I help us get to nationals and yeah that's what my focus was on and I think I just slowly got you know progressively better and faster and you know, I'm still, I'm still getting faster and trying my best, but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like the best. I wasn't the best in NCAA or the best now, obviously. I've just been, you know, chipping away. I'm someone that loves to grind and I love, I love training and all of that. So yeah, just slowly getting better at Utah State. And now here I am like still training and excited to see what I can do. So can you take me through that decision to continue running after college? I think a lot of people, um, the NCAA is brutal. Like you didn't go through injuries, but there's still other brutal aspects to it. It's just an unforgiving sport. And so I think a lot of runners are ready to either stop. All the guys want to get like big in the weight room, like all sorts of weird stuff that goes on where people, most people don't continue to run specifically to try to continue to chase after their goals at the same level. For you, can you take me through the decision to continue to see how far you can go in the sport. And I'm also curious, did Adam play any sort of role in um, him doing the same thing and continuing and that being like, oh, if he's going to continue, I might as well. Yeah, that's honestly, yeah, a lot, a big part of it. I saw how he was able to, you know, work and he would run at 4.30 in the morning and then go to work and he, you know, loved doing it. And he really showed me that it is possible because um, I always thought like, okay, you go to college for four to five years, try to do your best and then, you know, go, if you're not good enough to be professional, then, you know, just focus on work and move on, right? So I really saw him just get after it and it got me excited to try it out myself. And, you know, I'm still adjusting to it. I, I don't have it all figured out, but, you know, I might as well keep going because I do feel like I have, you know, some fun goals and exciting opportunities I can really, you know, take advantage of. So yeah, I'm just super excited to, to keep going and see, see what I can do. I feel like you've kind of documented this, but from how far you've come in the sport, I think if you look towards the future and the possibility, it's like you definitely could make some more leaps and jumps in the sport and eventually get to the point where like you're a legit pro. Does that ever cross your mind of like, yeah, maybe I didn't start where all the other pros started, but at the level or at the like rate of progression that I'm at, if I stick at this long enough, who knows, in a few years, I could be there. Yeah, it's super exciting to think that. And I think I, I am definitely a realist. But I think Adam, he is like a dreamer. And I love it because he always instills that belief in me. And I think it helps to have that. And, you know, I'm still working on it and believing that myself. But I really do think that if you envision yourself and see yourself making those leaps and bounds and you know, seeing yourself accomplish that goal, I think it is a possibility. Um, and you, you know, work towards that every day. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, maybe down the road, 
that could be a possibility and I, yeah, I'm just having fun doing it. So as humans, we love looking at stories of other people who have done it, uh, done things that we're chasing after to kind of give us the affirmation that like, oh, hey, if they did it, I could probably do it too. Is there anyone within the sport that you look up to that you've seen their journey and progression and they inspire you? Uh, yeah, I mean, not just my husband, Adam, he's a big inspiration, but also um, seeing my teammates do it at Utah State, just seeing it firsthand. And because I think, I mean, growing up and I still do this, but I'll, I'll see a professional runner, someone that's really successful, and I like kind of can put them on a pedestal. I'm like, wow, I don't know how they did that. And like, they're just amazing. And, you know, I think seeing it firsthand, my teammate, Anna Weaver at Utah State, she was incredible i got to see how she you know trained how she you know operated her day-to-day life and yeah it was just super fun to see her progression and you know having a teammate that you work with every day is super inspiring and i think yeah it just got me excited and yeah love love uh seeing people that i know succeed because i think seeing them in your own inner circle is always fun from a personal perspective what are the biggest ways you think you grew as a person through going through the NCAA system and putting yourself through the three seasons of cross country, indoor and outdoor track for four years? Yeah, I think personally, um, it definitely built a lot of like resilience and um, seeing myself like persistently work at something really like taught me like how to not give up. And no matter what comes my way, I know that I can you know, take it day by day and handle it and get it done. And um, yeah, it's definitely a lot of I think running is, is awesome, because it can definitely teach you like a lot about yourself and um, help you through a lot of life things. So yeah, just like running, just like life, you know, you go through stuff, it sucks, but you you work on it and get through it for sure. I'm curious to to talk about TikTok, the origins of the woods. Uh, take me through the, I mean, Adam said that you were on before him. So take me through this. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I love the app. I think it's so fun and silly and just a good time. Um, I would get on it and just, you know, post like either dancing videos or post a silly video of me running or making fun of myself. Um, but yeah, I think my senior year, um, I decided to really start posting consistently because I, I don't know, like I said before in the podcast, I think I get through times where, you know, I start taking running too seriously. And so this was my way to just kind of, I don't know, romanticize my life and, you know, share like me getting ready for a run or, you know, just a silly training video or whatever it was. I thought it was just a fun way to kind of document that. And, I thought, why not? This would be, I feel like a lot of people are interested to see like the behind the scenes of like what a D1 athlete does. So I was like, why not just post it? And yeah, it's been super fun. When was the moment that things started to take off and what was your kind of um, emotion for lack of a better word, maybe thought process of of seeing that like, oh, wow, you know, I'm starting to create a following and and this is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was uh, during like indoor season um i just started posting a lot more about you know my traveling and my racing and all those things and yeah it was just super fun to see that people like resonated with it or were excited to see it if anything and i think now i'm like okay like i kind of want to put out content that you know gets people you know people like my younger self would appreciate and like 
you know, be inspired or look up to or, you know, get advice from, I think, because, you know, growing up, there wasn't a lot of content, especially for women. So I want to be, you know, part of that and just hopefully help somebody out or, you know, give somebody some sort of advice or honestly, just a laugh, like anything. I think I, yeah, I, I love, I love being on there. What's been the most rewarding part of documenting your journey on social media? I would say um, sharing my journey is really, it's vulnerable. And I think that um, it's can be scary to share like kind of what I'm going through, whether it's good or bad. But I think overall, just helping somebody out is probably the most rewarding part when somebody messages me and says like, Mika, like you inspire me, I look up to you, like, how did you get, you know, to where you are now? Like, could you give me some advice? I love um, getting messages like that. And that makes me really happy. And um, yeah, I know that younger me would have been would have loved to hear those things so yeah okay mika um we're gonna start some beef here uh i want to get your take on that you have 51.4 thousand followers adam has 47.5 does this ever get brought up and uh do you ever start beef around this oh my gosh that's so funny okay this is kind of related but um when we first started our tiktok we had like a bet of who can get the most who can get to a thousand followers first and so yeah we had kind of a little bet going on back then and he actually got there first (laughs) i was i was racing so i give myself that i wasn't on my phone you know i couldn't post so yeah he got to thousand followers first but yeah ever since then i don't know he he's been catching up he yeah everyone loves what he's sharing so i'm i'm just super excited to to see him progress and grow with his platforms but yeah (laughs) <laughs> okay, so on the podcast, who gets to 100K first? You were Adam. Ooh, um, that's a good question. I mean, I want to say myself, but I would say probably it's going to be him because he he just has a knack for it. Like he, he first of all, he consistently posts. I struggle with that. Um, and then he, yeah, I think people are really invested in his running journey. So, I mean, hopefully I can, I need, I want to be able to get that kind of following. But I think Adam, Adam has a pretty good, pretty good following and they're really invested in what he's doing. I don't know. You sound, you sound too humble, too humble. uh, (laughs) I'm curious to hear how many, I mean, obviously it's impossible to know this, but from your sense of seeing his stuff and obviously owning your own, do you think a lot of people dual follow you two, or do you think there are a lot of unique followers on both sides? Like I'm assuming you have more girl followers than he does, but what are your thoughts on like, do you think people follow both of you versus singular? Yeah, I mean, I think this summer when we started um, our Instagram account, we decided like, let's just do it together um, and kind of share both of our, you know, running journeys. And I think people really love that Um, and just kind of seeing how we do it as a couple. And so, yeah, I do think that there it does cross over quite a bit. And I think, uh, yeah, like he's my coach and I'm his wife and it just it just crosses over a lot. So I think, yeah, followers definitely probably follow both of us or you know at least I hope so because I think we both have different you know things we bring to the table I guess (laughs) how does the Instagram account come into things like is it you have a discussion with Adam of like here's the best TikTok I made this week we should post this on Instagram too like how do you kind of decide the two of you what to post what not to post and also what's it been like growing on Instagram as 
the TikTok and Instagram are such different platforms. Like I've had just weird experiences with TikTok compared to Instagram. Like the algorithm's just completely different. So thoughts on that as well. Yeah, um, with Instagram, when we post right now, it's really just, okay, throw up whatever we can and just go in with that. So we definitely don't have like a method to our madness. We just, you know, if we want to post something, we do it. And so, yeah, that's what we've been up to um, with that. And I think, you know, we both love it when we post like frequently throughout the week. So whatever we can post, we do. And then, yeah, I definitely say Instagram, TikTok are really different. Um, I think TikTok, it's weird. It's easier, I feel like, to go viral on TikTok. Um, but it is hard to kind of maintain like consistent engagement on TikTok. But yeah, I think for me, when I started my TikTok page, it, I started on TikTok because it felt like <laughs> this might sound dumb, but it felt like a safe space. Like it felt like, you know, strangers, I was posting to strangers, which I felt more safe doing than just going on Instagram and, you know, sharing with my friends and family. Like, I know that, you know, they love me and whatever, but I just didn't, you know, want to put myself out there quite yet. So that's why I started on TikTok. But yeah, I love I love both platforms. And, you know, now looking into like what Adam's doing with YouTube, I think, you know, growing up, I've always loved YouTube and, you know, it gets me excited and seeing him uh, post his YouTube videos. It's just the more in-depth way of like his followers getting to know him and just sharing more behind the scenes. So I think, you know, eventually I'd love to start YouTube channel and I'm working on that. So. Yeah. Let's go. little sneak peek for the li- <laughs> listeners. Um, although, yes. didn't you make an appearance in his Q&A vid? So, like, you're kind of a special guest. You make appearances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. I think it's fun. Yeah, he's always like, oh, Mika, want to be in a video together? I'm like, yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I hopped on his Q&A, and, yeah, he's helping me come out with my first video. So, you know. Let's go. The listeners will have it here at first let's go go subscribe go subscribe (laughs) um i'm curious uh in relation to the q a video uh, i know on instagram i'm not i I post on tiktok but i'm more like the complete opposite of you guys i feel like you guys are more tiktok centric and then you take stuff and post on instagram whereas i'm like so instagram heavy and then i'll be like oh i should probably post something on tiktok (laughs) um so i'm not as serious which is funny but um from my experience i get asked a lot of the same questions for you what's the most commonly asked dm that you get oh yeah um i would say just usually it's along the lines of someone looking for advice on how to run everyone wants to know how to run a faster 5k (laughs) they really do (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's everyone's thing so yeah, I get a lot of those. Um, but yeah, Adam's DMs are flooded with all kinds of messages. So yeah, it's really fun to just see what people want to know. And yeah, I try my best to help them answer it. So The funniest ones are the very hyper-specific ones where it's not even how to run a faster 5K. It's like, how many 400s or, or hill sprints should I do to run a faster 5K? And it's like, I'll help you as much yeah. as I can, but like, I don't know your training. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, I don't even know myself. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, right. Looking ahead to the future, Mika, what are some things you're looking to tackle, whether it's from a personal perspective, running perspective, TikTok or YouTube perspective? Like, what's getting you excited about the coming year or two? Yeah, I think uh, I'm just really excited to be, you know, at this stage of life. I feel like. A lot of the times I get overwhelmed, like I said earlier in the podcast, about, you know, where I'm going or what I'm doing. And I think just I think I'm going to look back at these times and just, 
you know, see, really appreciate what I did and, you know, how young I am and how I'm chasing these goals and dreams in the future. I think it's really important to have something like that, that you're, you know, excited and passionate about in life because, you know, life can get pretty stressful and mundane. And yeah, so I would say just having fun right now and looking at um, just doing what I'm passionate about. Mika, one final serious question for you. For those who have listened to our conversation today, what would be the final takeaway message you want to leave with our audience today? Uh, Yeah, I would say um, do what makes you happy, Um, whatever that is, just do it and really enjoy what you're doing because I think that's really important and will go a long ways and keep you excited about whatever goal you have and yeah, I would say just stay present in the moment and really, really enjoy what you're doing. Okay, Mika, the final question I ask every guest on every single episode, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? <laughs> this is funny because I listened to a lot of your podcasts. So I knew you're going to ask this. <laughs> um, so I try to prepare, but um, honestly, okay, so here's the thing. I am not good at cooking like any kind of meat. Like I hate cooking meat um so i would probably cook like in college i would make all my roommates um it's called we call it Gigi hadid's pasta because she like posted about it but it's not actually her recipe um it's like a spicy vodka pasta it's really good um so i'd probably have probably cook him that um and then you know a good i have like a kale salad that's like really good so i'd probably pair that with that as well but yeah i feel like gordon ramsay um he would judge my meat, so I'm not cooking any meat for him. <laughs> uh, to, to stir up some more beef, uh, I do think Adam said that you're the much better cook, so I think he answered the question for me, but in a cook-off, who would win you or Adam? Oh, yeah, definitely me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the best cook. I just think I, I don't know, I like to do it, and so I just think I do it more than him, and he tends to, like, burn his food Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he'll make like a waffle and like somehow mess it up. <laughs> Bless his heart. But yeah, probably me. <laughs> I guess one final, final question for you. It's December 1st. This will probably come out closer to Christmas, but we're in Christmas season. What's your favorite thing about Christmas time? What are you most looking forward to about the coming weeks as we get close to Christmas? Yeah, I love Christmas. Um, in Utah, there the bad thing about Christmas is that there will be a lot of snow and I don't love the snow. Um, but this year we're actually going to Maryland and we're going to spend some time with Adam's family. So I'm super excited. And usually there's not a lot of snow over there. So I'm excited to, you know, just enjoy Christmas over there in the East coast. It's a good time. So, yeah. Well, Mika, thank you so much for the conversation. I can't wait to see all the things you'll accomplish in the years to come. And, uh, as much as I love Adam, I'm rooting for you to get to hundred K now before he does. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at The Running Effect. I hope you're running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.